Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here, and we are here after, I think, pretty fair to say a disappointing start to the season. We talked about how important game one, game one was uh, against the Buccaneers. Uh, and I don't know, I'm I'm personally having a little bit of a hard time understanding exactly what happened. I think there's certainly some things that uh, are obvious as to why they were a problem. In some pieces, I'm just a little bit confused. Uh, Kyle, I, where, where are you at after that game yesterday? I think it was mostly, it's, it's more discouraging, I think, than most single game losses, only insofar as it's a continuation of some trends from last year right um now the one good thing is that i actually thought the defense played reasonably well uh i don't think tampa's going to be this like offensive juggernaut and they certainly weren't yesterday uh you know they did some good things baker kind of got into a bit of a groove but i mean the dude only threw for like what 173 yards it's not like he had this like game where he was like slicing and dicing them and then as far as like the run game goes their lead back White, he had 17 attempts for 39 yards. So, like, so this was not at all what we saw last year, where teams just basically did what they wanted against the Vikings. Um, you know, in that first half, especially with Mayfield, there were instances where the Vikings defense just got lucky just because Mayfield kind of sucked, you know, in the first half and he just kind of missed some throws. Um, how much of that do you want to maybe attribute to Flores and the threat of the pressure and, you know, bringing some heat? here and there kind of thing uh here here and there if i'm not mistaken he actually led the nfl in week one in terms of uh, blitz percentage i believe kevin cypher tweeted that out but in any case uh i thought the defense actually played quite well given that there's that negative three uh turnover ratio the the real issue of the game sam and i think you probably agree the real issue of the game was both the offense and the defense or sorry offense and defense the offense and the special teams excuse me i mean is that basically how you're seeing it as well sam yeah like i, I think I, as you look at last year and you look at the games and again, we had a lot of wins to talk about, so things were good. But if you were to say, you know what, what side of the ball was the issue, it was the yeah. defense. Yeah. 75% of the time, if not higher. Uh, yeah. I'm interested by the special teams piece. Cause I, again, I think certainly the, the, the offense was despite a few really big plays uh, where cousins was hooking up with Jefferson uh, really lacked a whole lot of mojo. Uh, mm-hmm. The the special teams, I guess there was a bit there in terms of uh, there there was some returns. I, I just I guess I wouldn't say that the the special teams was. I would just say it was so so. Okay, so hear me out on this. Okay, so here, here's my special. There are two really notable mistakes that are really really critical in my mind, and I think others would probably agree. So initially. Uh, uh, initially, it was going to be a field goal rather than a touchdown for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Blocker went out there, drilled the field goal. Wait a second, there's a flag on the field. It's because Jay Ward was lined up offside. Right. Now, I, I recognize he's a rookie. Mistakes happen. But in that moment where an offside gives them new life, gives them that, you know what I mean? It gives you a, a fresh set of downs. And then Tampa goes on to score a touchdown. And so just do the math, right? Like initially, they, it was a locked in field goal. Okay, that's not great, but it, it's still you held them to a field goal. They then go on to score a touchdown. That's a four point difference, three to seven points. 
the Vikings lost by three points. So, and I know that, you know, they, they, you know, it's like the butterfly effect. The game would have been different had they, you know, and who knows what would have happened. Maybe the Bucks still would have won, but it's, it's tough not to look at that moment and say to yourself, golly, that was just this huge moment in the game. And to me, I basically, I mean, yes, the individual player makes sense. And then I, of course, I, I also look at Matt Daniels, who's a special teams coordinator, right? Like these details in your unit need to be uh, pristine, really tight. And then the other special teams gaffe was later in the game on the on the other Chase McLaughlin uh, field goal. The Vikings were going to have too many men on the field. And so they had to call a timeout. Now, it didn't directly lead to points or, or change anything in the same way as the Jay Ward issue. But at the end of the game, you know, the Vikings, they had to make that third down stop. Chris Godwin ended up picking up, uh, ended up picking the first down. You know, that's a moment where you say to yourself, man, we would have loved to have an extra timeout, wouldn't we? Right? We'd have an, we would love to have an extra opportunity to stop the clock. Uh, you know, again, may, maybe it's the work that it wouldn't have, have mattered. But those are two critical issues. And that's not the Buccaneers doing anything right. That's just small details. Uh, literally lining up the right spot literally knowing which 11 men are supposed to go on the field. Small details that have a huge impact that are solely on Minnesota's shoulders, completely 100% on Minnesota's shoulders. Nobody made them, nobody forced them into that error. Those are errors they made on their own. Um, whether it be a mental error in the moment or a preparation issue or, any, or whatever it happens to be, those are errors that the Vikings made in and of themselves without Tampa's influence at all. And so... I look at those two special teams errors as a big, big deal. And just the kind of thing that can't happen for Minnesota where the margin is going to be thin. You know what I mean? Like they're just, they're not one of the top teams in the NFL. They're not in that like San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills kind of tier. At best, they're below that tier. And so with that being the case, you just can't have those. You just can't. You friggin' can't. Especially when Detroit goes on the road and beats Kansas City on Thursday night. You know what I mean? Like, oh, gosh, those are tough, tough moments. And so, to my mind, the special teams uh, shoulders as much blame as anyone in, in, in terms of Minnesota losing the game. Yeah, no, and I guess that's fair to say. I, like, I didn't, as you say that now, I, like, those plays happened on special teams. Uh, the the J-Ward, like, the, the offside, that was a real killer because oh my god like yeah. tampa had been marching down the field you finally get them to stop it felt like it was like okay you know what we've we've been able to make it happen and then a play and, and i guess this is the hard piece and i think both of those errors you're talking about they are things errors that happen before the whistle like before the play even begins precisely like, like that's precisely. the hard piece and that's why in some ways it's like i know it's those happen on special teams, and so it makes sense to attribute to special teams. But it's like, like the play hasn't even started yet, and you've already Precisely. put yourself in a position where, uh, again, both of them ended up with points on the board that otherwise may or may not. Well, again, we already know what would have happened in a sense with the offside because uh, I, no matter where he was lined up, it really didn't make much of a difference on the play. Um, the the 57 yard field goal that was kind of like you know this is a long this is a long kick it barely got there and and who knows what happens if you don't have to call the timeout um yeah i yeah. mean I, yeah they weren't trying to ice them they they were just trying to fix their own stupid issue 
which is what I thought uh, initially. I thought they were initially trying to ice them. Um, But uh, no, unforced errors are hard. And I think that as we look at that, you could probably move towards the offense and realize that, again, you talked about it. The defense played well. You you talked about Baker Mayfield. He he had some nice drives at the end. They really dominated time of possession in the second half, particularly that fourth quarter. Um, But less than 200 yards and 2.2 yards uh, average per carry on, on rushing. Like they, they, the defense played well, but you look at the offense. And again, I mentioned Jefferson and cousins. I did have some really nice plays and you got the touchdown to Addison. uh, But those unforced errors continued over on the offense. Yeah, that's basically right. And that's the, you know what I mean? At times last year, they were just too reliant on Jefferson and he is so incredible. Oh, gosh, you know, Tampa's got a good defense and they get talent in that secondary. They couldn't handle Jefferson. They just, you know, and, and you know, credit to them in the second half, they certainly did a better job. And part of that, again, you know, you want to, you want to give credit to Tampa, and, you know, whatever, but Minnesota just needs to do better of, you know, getting that ball in his hands and finding that rhythm. But it also speaks to this reality of like, you know, outside of Jefferson, sometimes this offense is just way too clunky, way too clunky. You know, and, and for all the talk about year two with O'Connell, continuity on the offensive line, uh, you know, putting in Addison to add a little more speed and shiftiness. And we saw that, you know, we saw that long touchdown. You know what I mean? Jefferson draws up the corner. He's getting that double coverage. And then Addison, you know, sneaks by and turns on the Jets, right? No pun intended on, on uh, the Jefferson Jets thing. But, you know, it's and then he scores that, I think it was a 39-yard touchdown. Like, you see it there. Um and then, you know, at, at various points of the game, especially the first half, they just did such a good job. And it kind of looked like Tampa basically had no answer at all. Like, they just the skill was too was too much. You know what I mean? Even, like, Josh Oliver, I thought, did some really good stuff. Hawkinson was kind of, unfortunately, he was kind of used as, like, a bit of a safety net rather than a dynamic playmaker, which is part of my concern about the, the contract is not, like, I think Hawkinson can be a dynamic playmaker. But if you're only going to use him as a safety net, in any case, we can talk about that later. But uh, the offense, the run game was not there. In the interior O-line struggled. Cousins got friggin' suplexed multiple times. Uh, and so it's tough, you know what I mean? Antoine Winfield on that strip sack. You know, and, and you know, there's credit to Flores. They only allow the field goal after the offense, you know, fumbles the ball kind of deep in their own zone. Um, you know, those are moments where you, you credit Tampa. Like... They brought the blitz, excellent blitz, excellent play from Winfield, who, of course, a lot of people in Minnesota have affection for, given that his dad played for the Vikings and was so good for so many years. Uh, those are ones where you just kind of tip the cap, and that's part of it. And, and you know, the Cousins pass to Osborne, they get intercepted. It's partly a Cousins issue, partly a great play by Tampa. It's, you know, you mentioned the unforced errors, things that happened before the snap. Um, Ed Ingram, technically that's not before the snap, that's like it just basically immediately as the ball is snapped, like punching the ball out of his quarterback zone. Like I think a lot of us were like, oh man, don't step on the QB's foot again and knock him down. But like punching the ball out of his hand is a a new low. And so that was very discouraging, I think. And Cousins just cannot continue to be like absolutely walloped. You know what I mean? As if he's like in a WWE match getting thrown through like yeah, like a, a table or something from like the top of the ladder, you know, 
he's just getting killed back there. And he's so tough and he's so strong. And I feel like if we had a quarterback who doesn't have this insane Iron Man streak, it would maybe highlight the issue even more. He's getting hit hard. And so the lack of run game, the lack of the times clean protection for cousins, and just being like just so disjointed at times when we're not just getting after Jefferson and these beautiful throws, these beautiful explosive plays. Oh my gosh, how can you not do more with that offense? Uh, overall, I'd say actually like a really poor day from the offense, even though some of the stats are big, like the passing yardage and Jefferson's day and Addison with a nice score. There's a lot of individual, right, clustered together good things. The day as a hold over the offense, I thought was really, really poor. Uh, and they probably shoulder most of the blame. Yeah. That, okay, so that's interesting because I think, like, again, I think that with the first half, if we were to look at it in the game in terms of halves, the first half, yep. I felt like the Vikings played okay while also they had the fumble and then you have the interception. And I feel like you see those and you're like, man, those suck. Uh, but still there were some good things. And if yep. you're able to turn around in the second half, you feel pretty good about the day. Yeah. But it, I guess it, this is what it feels like is that I, as I was watching, I didn't feel like the Vikings were really, they weren't really out of it from a, like a, a score perspective because it was close, but I felt still like they were going to win the game until probably midway through the fourth quarter. And, and so again, I think that right. the way we're talking about this certainly because of the result impacts how we see it. I guess when I'm, as I hear you talk, I just, I feel like we're almost maybe a little bit harder on the game because of the result. And again, that's all that matters. Uh, like of it course, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter, but like, do you know what I mean? It just feels like, you know what? It is week one. You're figuring some things out. It just, I think this game feels more discouraging because of the result of how, like looking ahead. And we'll talk about that in, in a minute here. Yeah. Um, like I just, it just, um, it feels like the there's still some good things here, but um, yeah. we're just we're we're um, covering the whole thing with this blanket of this was really poor. When in fact, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess it just feels like there's just a I few mean, a few plays that that really messed this day up. It was a really stupid mistakes, several of which were self inflicted. Several of which, and that's like indisputable. So a lot of them you say, okay, well done, Tampa Bay. That's part of playing a, you know, against a good player. Um, okay, so how about this, Sam? Well, in the second half, that's when things started to turn, obviously. In the second half, kind of belonged to Tampa. Yeah. First quarter, the Vikings possessed the ball for nine minutes and 39 seconds. Second quarter, the Vikings possessed the ball for nine minutes, 45 seconds. And so for the initial 30 minutes, the Vikings almost had it for basically 20. Right. So it's basically like a two, you know, two thirds ratio, essentially, you know, and I just thought they were like, especially, especially uh, as the second got going, you know, for the end of that first and the second got going, the Vikings just seemed to kind of click, you know what I mean? And they kind of, it almost felt like Kevin O'Connell kind of figured it out. And yeah, these guys, none of the starters played during the preseason and things just kind of like, okay, let's just kind of shake off these shackles. You know, we're off, we're running, we're going, okay, we figured it out, boys. We actually are the better team. No worries, we got this, right? And then you go into the half at 10-10, you know what I mean, because of various reasons or whatever the case may be, and it's like, okay, 
you know, okay, this is uh, maybe not, uh, maybe not uh, ideal. You know what I mean? You have the three first half turnovers that keeps a lot of points off the board, right? And it's one of those ones where those come back to haunt you. And this is the kind of game, Sam, at the end of the year for a team like the Vikings, who again are not in that upper crust of the NFL. They're just not, right? This is the kind of game we're not going to think about it because it happened in week one. But this is the kind of one where if you end up finishing nine and eight or eight and nine and miss the playoffs by a game, this is the kind of game we think where I think if you have a better uh, kind of like a look at it from however many thousand feet, you think, okay, here was an opportunity where we like honest to goodness. The Vikings are better than the Bucks. They just, but they weren't yesterday, and so who cares? And and they lost, and so this is the kind of one that could really haunt you by the end of the season, given what we think of the Vikings, who they'll probably be, and based on what we've seen previously last year, some of these trends of not being able to run the ball, being overly reliant on, on Jefferson sometimes, uh, Cousins getting friggin' walloped. You know what I mean? Uh, I, there are individual stuff in there. Caleb Evans at corner did nice stuff. Blackman as well. Uh, Josh Metellus played a ton. Ivan Pace was on the field the majority of the time. You know what I mean? Asimov, I believe, only had a pair of snaps. Two defensive snaps for Brian Asimov. Ivan Pace, the undrafted free agent, had 46 defensive snaps. It's wild, right? Like, you know, the ascent continues for, for the undrafted free agent. And so maybe you feel kind of concerned about Asimov, but then you're also like, dude, Pace had a QB hit and eight tackles that game. Like the dude played pretty well and, and he moves well. And so, golly, you know, there's some good stuff there with the defense. You know, they should, they only had the one sack. Hopefully they get more. Davenport's hurt already. They didn't have any turnovers. You know, there's concern there, but oh man, I don't know, Sam. Overall, I think this is, this. I'm taking a glass half empty approach on this one, I think. Yeah. And I think the majority of people are. And I, I, I think it, it makes sense that um, that people would take that approach. I, what yeah. maybe one additional thing that I'll add, just to add to the the glass half empty um, cup there. Look at you, uh, Sam, getting negative. Okay. I know. No, you know what? I just one of the things that stood out. You talked about some of the patterns that happened last year, uh, yeah, and and this year. One of the things that I first noticed, and it makes sense because it was at the start of the game, was last year we got a into a bit of a rhythm and a routine of expecting the Vikings to have a really good first drive. Like you talk about that yeah. opening set and you, right, like we just got into this rhythm. Like they were uh, like, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but if they weren't leading, they were very top of the NFL in terms of points scored on an opening drive. Uh, yeah. But they, they were really th- good. They were they really th- good. They had yeah. a three and out right away. Yeah. Uh, that's right. It was like, yeah. it was like, Oh, well that, sucks like they just they put themselves in such a good position in most games last year because they whether they scored or not uh and mm-hmm. they did often actually score uh they got some rhythm together and and you look at it um they three of the first four drives were three plays uh yeah for for the vikings again yeah. uh yeah. there's a couple fumbles in there and so that the those those are certainly drive killers but um yeah again i think it's fair to say not a good day um while also no, just the, the opportunity was still there and they ended up not taking it i think is probably the way to to summarize it yeah i think that's basically about right that's basically, and, and, and then the only point there sam that i add to you 
they actually started with an eight-yard run to Madison. And so that opening drive, you're saying, okay, nice run from Madison. You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of fits with what they're saying about this, like, we're run game. And, you know, that opening drive, things look good. Nice run. Maybe we can, you know, take a shot. And uh, that didn't happen. And that was kind of stands in contrast to the pattern, as you're saying, that the pattern last year, they actually were often, like, lethal on that first drive. And, um, yeah, okay. I'll chew on that a little more, Sam. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so, again, we've got this, and I think, I th- correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would say that probably for the majority of fans, there is this feeling now of, okay, this sucked. And it also yeah. feels like yeah. it, the the feeling of it is a little bit amplified because you know what's coming here. So not only do you have a Thursday game, so a quick turnaround, which again, you can argue whether that's good or bad after a performance that they just had, um, right. you get some motivation there. But you're going against a Philadelphia Eagles team who, mm-hmm. uh, when you talk about those top teams in the NFL, they are that team. And yeah. I think you also remember what happened last year and the wallop that happened on, uh, it was week two last year, right? That they played the Eagles? week two in Philly. And um, if you look at some of the strengths of the Eagles team, especially the defense and what we just saw from the Vikings offense, I think it's probably fair to say that there is room for concern. Uh, yeah. Yep. So. Yep. So where where do the Vikings go from here? Because again, I think that we've talked about the interior offensive line. There's concerns there, and and nothing yesterday was comforting in terms of trying to put those concerns at bay. Uh, there is still the potential, I think, that Vikings fans would see about adding someone. But can you realistically add someone and add them to the lineup on Thursday um, and have them? integrate within your your offense and actually them be a difference maker like so like where where do the vikings go from here and and like can you can you flip hats and try to put on a little bit of optimism here of uh is there a way for the vikings to get to to one and one yeah i mean i actually remember during the offseason i wrote a piece you know it's one of those offseason pieces and there's something to the effect of you know if the vikings wanted to confuse us all and the basic idea was that if they wanted to confuse us all they're going to lose to Tampa at home and then go on the road and win against Philadelphia and then after two games you're going to say what in the world do we have in the Vikings which is basically kind of like their MO you know what I mean they're, they're quite a confusing bunch and uh, and so in some senses you know I'd like to say oh I saw it coming but if I'm like from here right now Monday morning Maybe if I think about it more, I'll change my opinion. But here right now, Monday morning, I fully expect the Vikings to get throttled on Thursday night and for Philadelphia to basically be like a house of horrors for them. Uh, it's going to be bad, I think. I I, 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 I just hope that, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't get just beat up too bad. Um, man, oh man, Philly's defensive front just must be licking their chops, you know, just so excited about this matchup. And meanwhile, you know, Jefferson last year had one of his worst games. You know, he had 12 targets, six receptions, 48 scoreless yards. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be very motivated to go in there and kind of reverse the trend, do well, you know, show that he can overcome this Eagle defense. 
but honestly, goodness, like I don't think the issue in a lot of ways is Jefferson, even though like Philly does have a lot of talent and, and they can they, you know, they can slow them down. They're a good team. Uh it's it's just what what happens up front. What kind of pressure, what kind of time uh is there for cousins? That's what really makes me concerned. And then meanwhile, uh Jalen Hurts is a baller. You know what I mean? And AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. And uh I guess maybe the silver lining, if you wanted to be hopeful, Sam, I believe Philly has replaced both their coordinators, right? Going, you know, going back to last season. Uh, I believe both their coordinators got poached for head coaching jobs. And so the Eagles are therefore working with a new defensive coordinator and a new offensive coordinator. And maybe in a perfect world for the Vikings, at least that means things are still a little bit out of sorts, perhaps, or not fully second nature for a lot of the players. And maybe at times that leads to that Jay Ward lined up offside. Things are just the, just the details just aren't precisely crisp. You know what I mean? And, and, and maybe that leads to burning that timeout in a critical moment or, or someone kind of blowing their assignment because they're not entirely clear about where they ought to be. And so, uh, gosh, that would be maybe the silver lining. Philadelphia is a better team than Minnesota. Uh, I don't really think that's a bold take in any way. And Philadelphia is going to be favored probably by a decent clip in this game. So on the one hand, the Vikings could go full Vikings, surprise us all and win this game. And everyone's kind of saying, Okay, how do I understand these guys? But it would also be pretty Vikings as well to just go in there and friggin' be brutal. Um, do what you will with the Kirk Cousins primetime narratives, whether you believe it or not. The lights are going to be on. The defense is going to be tough. And, uh, oh boy, we're going to see how things go. Yeah, well, people, if you can find the silver lining in there, um, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, and the coordinators, that, there was something, you know, and 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 the Vikings legit do have crazy skill. Crazy skill. You know what I mean? Like Hawkinson, Addison, Jefferson, that's legit. Oliver's a nice player. Osborne's a nice player. Like, there's there's crazy skill up front. Uh, we'll see from there. Yeah. Uh, up front, I mean, I mean, on offense with, with the with the uh, wide receivers and tight ends. Up front with the O-line, well, we'll see how things go. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, uh, just quickly looking at the Eagles yesterday, they did they beat the Patriots 25-20. Uh, yeah. Jalen right. Hurts only threw for 170 yards. They, the team had less than 100 yards rushing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, do you want to play a team after they've had a really good game? And I don't think this is the Eagles would necessarily say they won, but I don't think they would necessarily say it was a good game. Uh, right. But right. do you want to play them after a good game? And then maybe hope that the foot's off the gas a little bit or do yeah. you play a team when they were struggling? I, I think when you talk about the top teams in the NFL, uh, no matter what they are, who they are, you're, uh, you know, they can really turn it up and, and play well. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see. I'm really I am really interested to see what Vikings team shows up because again, we're not going <laughs> to yeah, get, right. in, we're that's not right. going to get into the spot where we uh, are declaring any finality on season and what the season's going, but uh, it's a short season. We got a short sample size uh, and you got to like, you can't afford to have long stretches of time where you're not competitive and, and uh, you let a game go that, Again, nothing's must win in week one, uh, but a game against one of the 
easier opponents you're going to face all year long. Uh, so beating the Eagles would be a massive comeback. And I, um, I don't know. I think, I think it's going to happen. You think they're beating the Eagles on the road? Absolutely. All right, Sam. All right. Ever ever the optimist. Ever the optimist. I've got Uh, nothing to lose. I'm not, like, I wouldn't, if you asked me to throw $3 on it, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. Um, Yeah, 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 there you go. That's right. But uh, if you're asking me with nothing, nothing to lose, absolutely. Make it, let's make it happen. All right. Good enough. Good enough. Cool. Well, we'll we'll wrap up there again. You got Eagles Thursday. That means uh, we'll release something later this week than after the game. Um, but we'll wrap up there. Thanks everyone for listening. Sure to check out Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com. But uh, that's us signing off for now. We'll see you later. And again, I, I know I mentioned at the end of last episode that we got some things coming. We're still working through some details, but uh, stay tuned because uh, we're excited for another football season and just are continuing to think about how we can make things better over here at Notes from the North. So have a good week. Enjoy Thursday night and we'll be back soon.